Well, good morning. It is so wonderful to be with you here today on this beautiful October morning. We've had such a wonderful fall. And uh, let me just tell you just a few truths about me that this guy over here may be exaggerated a little bit. My name is Joel Goff. I've been married to Joan for 48 years. She's the only girl I ever dated, the only girl I ever kissed. I was scared to death of girls. So uh, I really lucked out on that one, one try, and it was successful. We have four adult kids, but the best part is we have, as of nine days ago, 11 grandchildren, nine years and younger. So when they're all together with us out at Spectacle Lake, there's a lot of noise going on when they're in the water. They just absolutely love jumping in the water and uh, getting in the boat and just having a great time together. Um, as Justin said, I was the interim pastor at Elam and Isanti when Pastor Bill came with this audacious idea. We were sitting over at coffee in the creamery and Bill said, do you think New Hope would think about joining us and becoming a Nysanti campus? And I'm thinking, these people who have been there, some of them for 50 and 60 years, are really invested in their church. There's no way they would ever do something like that. That's, that's a big step of faith. And I shared it with a few people and a few more. And they finally said, Joel, we're more concerned with reaching lost people for Jesus than anything else. And if that will help us reach Isanti, then we're all in. I'll tell you, after being a pastor for almost 50 years, that was kind of the last church I was in, and it, 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 was, it was just an incredible way to end public ministry, and then with my wife, just become a normal follower of Christ, joining a church in, near Minnetonka where we live, and using the gifts that God has given to us. We spend most of our summers up here on Spectacle, where we belong to Purple Hawk. We play a lot of golf and use that as a great opportunity to meet people and share Christ, and then we are active in our church uh, back in the cities as well. You know, I love the topic that we are focused on this fall at New Hope, walking towards a new life. Can there be any phrase that more accurately describes what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to be on a journey, to be moving towards an end, and that is Christ's return or our going to be with him in glory. So as a pastor of almost 50 years, raised in a pastor's home, with both of my sisters married a pastor, I, I need to show you how smart I am. I need to show you how much schooling I've had. I've been to Bethel College. I've been to Bethel Seminary. I've been to Gordon-Conwell Graduate School. I just, you know, I don't, don't get to do this very often. And also, I need to tell you, it's really hard for me to stand behind this pulpit. But they said the camera only goes so far. So this is so deeply theological that you need to really think hard about this. What was the most important thing Jesus said? Follow me. That's it. Follow me. It's not a secret. It's not deep. It's not complex. It's not complicated. It, it's not ethereal. It's, it, it's not fuzzy or hazy. It's just straightforward. Follow me. And the reason Jesus said that is, as simply put, you know the text, you know the passage, John chapter 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, 
I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Could he be even, even, he couldn't be more simple than that. More direct, more straightforward. He's like speaking Minnesotan. It's just, what it is is what it is. Follow me. And so for these weeks, you have been focusing on, as we look in the book of Exodus, on God's invitation to the people of God to what? Follow him to the promised land. So let's jump into our text in Exodus 14 and 15 this morning. Moses has led the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they head eastward into the desert, being led by the pillars of fire and smoke. And they are led fairly soon after they leave Egyptian captivity. Moses leads them to an uncrossable body of water. It's like you're heading up North 47, and all of a sudden you come to Lake Malax. And there's, you can't go right, you really can't go left, you can only go straight forward. Do you get the picture? And in Exodus 14, 3, we read, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. Because even though Pharaoh had given permission to let them go, he, he was following their progress. He was following where they were going, wondering, where in the world are these folks going? Where is Moses leading them? What does Moses know about leading one million people? And word comes back that Moses has led the people right up to an uncrossable body of water. Can you just think about Pharaoh's thinking at this point? This guy's nuts. He doesn't know what he's doing. He leads them to a place where they can't go forward. They can only come back. And so he calls for his best chariot troops, jumps in his chariot, and heads off after them to bring them back. You know the story. The seemingly impossible impasse that they have come up against was in fact going to be God's opportunity to do two very important things. One, to remind Pharaoh again that the God of Israel is the God of all things. You learned last week or reminded of God's sovereignty. That the simple definition of God's sovereignty is there is not one maverick atom in the universe that acts outside God's sovereignty. God never says, oops, I didn't know that was going to happen. Or, oops, I didn't see that coming. But not only was Egypt going to be reminded again of God's sovereignty, but Israel needed to be reminded afresh already that God was sovereign and that he was still leading, and that he was in control. And so as they're waiting there, Moses says in verses 13 through 14, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, you only need to be still. 
So just close your eyes for a second. Can you, can, you, can you picture what happens next? If you've seen that, you know, we're the older crowd early morning. So some of us remember Cecil B. DeMills and uh, Yule Brenner and, and Charlton Heston. Well, he actually got it fairly accurate. Scripture tells us that the, the pillar of fire and smoke and the angel that was leading them now goes behind the people. And so... Behind the angel and the pillar, it's dark, but in front, it's light all night long. And during the night, the winds come, and it separates the waters. And the next morning, as the people look, it's dry ground. And Moses says, it's time to step out. And they do. Now, again, a million people plus animals go across And then Pharaoh in his chariots being pulled by horses head down into the dry land because they're going to attack and capture and bring back the basis of their economy, slave labor. And you know the story, when all the people of God get across, Moses turns back around, raises his staff, the winds stop, the waters crash, and Pharaoh and his army is destroyed. There's no hidden secret to being a Christ follower. There's nothing complicated you need to figure out. It is simply this. Jesus says, follow me, and you step out. Follow me, and you step out. When Pastor John reached out to me a little over a week ago to preach this morning, it kind of came as a surprise because my wife and I were a couple, well, over a thousand miles away from Minnesota. We had planned a trip for almost three years now to visit the five national parks in Utah, and we had to cancel it twice because of COVID, and we finally had gotten out there. And we'd spent that day in Zion National Park, which is the furthest western, southwestern corner of Utah. And that's where we were going to start. And then we were going to go all the way around, end up in Moab on the eastern center of Utah, then drive away back to the armpit of the nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, and fly out of there. We spent 13 hours in Nevada, and that was about 12 and a half hours too long. We had spent the day stepping out, following paths and trails in Zion National Park. I've known Jesus as my Savior and Lord for almost 60 years. And what I have discovered is what I shared with you a moment ago. Every day when I wake up, Jesus says, Joel, Will you follow me today? And I have an opportunity to say either yes or to say no. It's not a difficult question. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. Follow me. So let me just, you know, use a couple of short phrases to fill out what following me, Jesus' words, may mean for you this coming week. The first is just step out. 
This is probably the most expressed invitation that Jesus gives us. Every morning, I hear it. Jesus says to Joel, I want you to step out and follow me. I want you to live today's life demonstrating that that's what you're following. That's who you're pursuing. That's whose steps you're stepping in. And the fact that I am choosing to follow Jesus means every interaction I have, every decision I make, every thought I have must mimic or be like Christ's decisions, Christ's words, Christ's thoughts, Christ's priority, Christ's character. That I am to be warm, welcoming, initiating, moving towards those in my everyday world. You know, in a few short minutes, you and I will leave this campus. I'll be heading very intently towards Isanti. I'm not sure where you all will be going. But maybe you're going to stop at Cub. And you get in the line that says 15 items or less, and the person in front of you flunked math and has about 40. What are you going to do if you're following Jesus? Do you ask, did you flunk math? <laughs> You'd never say that, but up here? Or, or maybe you sigh loudly. You know, that's the Minnesota non-aggressive verbal assault. Or how do you speak to the cashier after that person moves forward? Do you complain? Are you a little frustrated and so it kind of pours out on that poor cashier? Or maybe you're at the self-checkout and you just get really mad because the computer's scanning real slowly. Or what about the kids that are playing outside the house in the yard today making a whole lot of noise and you were looking forward to a Sunday afternoon nap? Or maybe your wife is following the Vikings and she's making an awful lot of noise because she's a passionate fan and you want to just kind of chill out a little bit. Do you reflect the character of Jesus? Are your words the words that would come out of Christ's lips? So your homework for this week is really simple. Every morning, reorient yourself to the invitation by Jesus to follow him and to step out, to step into new life, to do it as Jesus would. Sometimes the following of Jesus that we hear every morning is an invitation to step out. Now, it seems to me the end of the summer series that we had here at New Hope was a month-long group of sermons on the parable when Jesus gave three different amounts of money to three different servants, and then he left on a journey. And when he came back, two of them had doubled the investment and one had buried it. And the whole focus of that service, that whole focus of that series was that when Christ invites us to follow him, oftentimes, fairly regularly, that following of Jesus includes an invitation to step up, 
to step into the gifts God has given us and to invest them in more specific, more intentional, and more time-consuming and energy-consuming ways. Perhaps you've been just a helper in the third grade Sunday school class, and the invitation in August was to step up and become one of the core teachers. Or maybe you you were part of the hospitality welcoming committee, coffee, cookies, whatever, and you were doing it maybe once a quarter. And and the step up that Jesus gave to you in August was that you are to become part of the core team that oversees, supervises, and encourages a whole weekend group of volunteers out in the lobby to step up, to step more deeply into what God has called for you to do. But that was a couple weeks ago. You know, sometimes God speaks, and we listen, and we think, and we pray, and we intend to say yes, but we say, I need to think about it a little bit longer. I need to pray about it a little bit more. I need to talk to a few more people. And before we know it, we're into October 3rd, and we've not followed through on that invitation by Jesus to follow him by stepping up. But dear ones, it's not too late. Today you can grab that registration card and you can write on it, I'm ready to step up and volunteer and you fill in the blank. You see, our life in Christ grows stronger as we exercise the gifts and the abilities God has given us for his kingdom. Even as lifting weights build our physical muscles, stepping up and taking more responsibility, investing more time, investing more of our resources, builds our spiritual strength and makes us feel that we are walking closer to Jesus than we were before. Now, sometimes the invitation to follow Jesus into his new life for us comes with an invitation to step down, to step down. Now, listen really carefully. It's not what you were assuming. We have a counselor in the last church I served. I have known uh, Dr. Jerry Dahl for over 40 years. He has psychoanalyzed me so many times, it's crazy, as part of team building and staff building in the various churches I've served. And Jerry once said to me, he said, Joel, you know how I would characterize you? You whistle in the graveyard. And I said, what? He said, you are one of the most positive, glass is always half full people I have ever met. But you see, there's a downside to that. Because I'm such a positive person, and when someone says to me, doesn't that concern you? I always say, no, because it's always an opportunity for something great. That mindset that I have, the way God wired me, means it's really easy for me to miss the people beside me that I never see, because I'm always going that way. When I say to step down, it means to pause and look and then engage and invest in the people that you normally would just pass on by. Now, there may be a reason you pass on by. Maybe they just have a really gross life and you just don't want to be part of that. Or maybe they are struggling with an addiction. Or maybe, you know, they live a very immoral life. Or maybe they have a horrible reputation. I I mean, there's all sorts of reasons. I mean, they may be a Packer fan. 
and you just don't want anything to do with them. That's the reason I'm friends with, you know, Pastor Bill. The Lord said, you need to step down and help this poor boy. But you know what I'm talking about? God has brought you into their life as you follow Jesus to be Jesus to them, to love them the way Jesus loves you, to stick with them, to encourage them, to love them in spite of the mess. to step down. Now, some of you right now have a really clear picture of someone's face in your mind. And you're thinking, oh man, really, Jesus? That person? Yeah, that person. I don't know who it is for you. I know who it is for me. Take that step. Extend Christ's love. Be like Jesus. Now, I was taught in seminary you never should end a sermon on a negative, but I'm going to do that anyways. Because, you know, there is another response we can give to Jesus when Jesus says, follow me. We can step away. We can step away. We can be like Jonah in the Old Testament. When God said to Jonah, go to Nineveh, heading that way, he jumped on a boat heading on the Mediterranean the exact opposite direction. You see, we do have that option. We do have that ability to say to Jesus, I hear you, I get it. No. I plead with you. Don't let that be your response today. If that's where you are right now, and you've been giving that no for a while, Please don't leave this place today without determining in your heart that, no, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to step where and how and with who that Jesus wants me to. And if that's where you are right now, I really want to encourage you after the service to come up. There'll be prayer team members up here or grab one of the staff or one of the elders and just say, you know, I made a really big decision in the service today, and will you please pray that I will follow through? Will you hold me accountable? Will you encourage me? Will you kind of be there with me? Because I've been saying no for quite a while, and it's going to be a really big step for me to say yes. So let me ask you, what's God inviting you to step into today? To step out, to step up, to step down, or just to step on obedience. I often think of the words of the Apostle Paul written to his dear friends in Philippi. Really near the end of Paul's life, he was in prison and was facing death very quickly. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, Philippians 3.13. I think that's such a fantastic verse. That what is in the past in Christ, we can put in the past. Tomorrow's a fresh day. We can step forward and follow him. That's the invitation God's offering to you this morning. It's the invitation he offered to me when I woke up at 6.15 as well. Take that step towards a new life today. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that you never give up on us. 
it's, it's, just, it's just so unbelievable that every day, every morning, and really repeatedly throughout the day, you invite us to follow you in every relationship, in every decision, in every thought process. There's no part of our life that you don't say, follow my lead. I'll show you the best way to go. And so we commit ourselves afresh today and we will commit ourselves afresh tomorrow to following you. In Christ's name, amen.